You're listening to the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast with Chris and Garrett. This is Chris from the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast. Welcome to episode 70, Another Time, Another Place. The time is tonight and June 1st, 1984 to be exact, as we revisit Streets of Fire from director Walter Hill, starring Michael Pere, Diane Lane, Willem Dafoe, Amy Madigan, and Rick Moranis. Here's a movie idea. A gun for hire is sent to rescue a popular singer from a sadistic biker gang, and the singer happens to be his ex-girlfriend. Add some great 80s music, an amazing cast, and a distinctive visual style, and you've got Streets of Fire. In the opening credits, this rock and roll fable is established as being in another time and another place. If you had to guess the time and place, you could say the movie is set partly in the 50s and partly in the 80s. Ellen Aim, played by Diane Lane, is returning to her hometown to give a concert with her band, The Attackers. During the show, a biker gang known as The Bombers kidnap Ellen and cause mass hysteria in the streets of Richmond. Ellen's ex-boyfriend Tom is hired to rescue Ellen. Tom's rescue effort puts him directly at odds with the bomber's leader, played by Willem Dafoe. What follows is a rock and roll-fueled action-adventure musical. So, this all sounds like the makings of a great hit, right? Well, Streets of Fire bombed with summer moviegoers when it was released. Producer Joel Silver, after seeing the poor opening weekend numbers, took the movie's tagline, Tonight is what it means to be young, and put his own spin on it. Tonight is what it means to be dead. Streets of Fire was made for $14.5 million. It earned a little over half of that at the box office. The film was originally rated R, but Universal wanted a PG since the movie's songs were in heavy rotation on MTV that summer, and MTV had a huge teen audience. Director Hill complied and cut a number of F-bombs, a brief nude scene in a bar, and an alternative ending with a different song. Director Hill later said he was humbled by working on Streets of Fire. He had a false sense of being able to handle the things that the movie called for, but he learned that he didn't know how to shoot music. And even though music had been an important part of Hill's films, it was usually in post-production. Hill went on to say that Streets of Fire was a very tough shoot. What's interesting is that the tough stuff turned out to be the best stuff. The music and the stage performances in Streets of Fire are pure 80s energy. And even though the performers are lip-syncing, you can see the passion and enthusiasm in the performances. There is a lot of fun energy in the musical scenes. 
It's the non-singing scenes that pose the biggest problem for Streets of Fire. Despite the plot, the dialogue, and the characterizations being rice paper thin, there are some great moments in the movie, and what it lacks in dramatic impact, it makes up for in style and energy. Diane Lane was only 18 years old when she appeared in Streets of Fire, and while she isn't exactly singing in the movie, she's lip-syncing, and pretty well, I might add, Ellen Aim was originally written as a 28-year-old woman. Daryl Hannah was being pursued as the lead, but she decided to do Splash instead. Hill was unsure about Diane Lane because of her age, but he agreed to meet her in New York City. She arrived at her audition in black leather pants, a black mesh top, and high-heeled boots. Hill was surprised with Lane's self-assured maturity and her commitment to selling herself as a rock and roll star. He was so impressed with Lane's work on the film that he actually wrote additional scenes for her during the shoot. Lane described her character as the first glamorous role she had had up to that point in her career. Walter Hill heard about Michael Pere from the same agent who recommended Eddie Murphy to him in his earlier film, 48 Hours. Pere is also known for his performances in the 1983 Eddie and the Cruisers and his appearances in a number of films directed by Uwe Boll. Seeing Rick Moranis in a role that was not as comedic as his other performances remains a refreshing experience. I can't help but wonder how much more awesome his performance could have been if the script had been stronger and maybe he had been given the chance to improvise some of the scenes. For fans of his work in more recent years, especially his turn as villain Norman Osborn, a.k.a. Green Goblin, in the Spider-Man movies, seeing a young Willem Dafoe in one of his first bad guy roles is a reminder that sometimes actors can take even the weakest of scripts and elevate the experience with their pure talent. Watching Streets of Fire again this week, I couldn't help but think a couple of things about Willem Dafoe. One, he's an amazing actor, which is an obvious statement. But two, I had this thought that there's an alternate universe out there where Dafoe played the Joker in a Batman movie and became as iconic in that world as Nicholson or Ledger did in their performances here as the Joker. Uh, Amy Madigan is another actor who appears in Streets of Fire. She originally uh, was being sought for the role of Tom's sister, Reva, but when Madigan read the script, she told director Walter Hill that Tom's sidekick was the best role in the script. Hill had the script rewritten for Madigan, and her character was renamed McCoy. The part of McCoy was originally written to be a Hispanic male named Mendez, with Edward James almost being considered to play the part. And finally, I didn't mention her in the Instagram post this week, but there's another performance in Streets of Fire that I wanted to take the time to mention because she's an actress I really liked in the 70s and 80s. Deborah Van Valkenburg. Deborah appeared in some other Walter Hill movies, such as The Warriors in 1979 and the 80s sitcom Too Close for Comfort, playing one of Ted Knight's daughters alongside Lydia Cornell. Streets of Fire is a bit of a time capsule. 
Uh, although the movie has more of the look and feel of a 50s biker movie, there's a strong 80s sensibility in the movie, uh, especially in the music. Speaking of music, Streets of Fire spawned a number of hits from a pretty solid, pretty solid soundtrack. I Can Dream About You from Dan Hartman was the standout hit. Two videos were made for the song, one that heavily promoted the movie by using footage from Streets of Fire. The other featured uh, Dan Hartman and the video's leading lady was played by Joyce Heiser from Just One of the Guys fame and who was also she and Just One of the Guys are favorites here at the podcast. The other songs in the movie, Tonight is What It Means to Be Young and Nowhere Fast, were both sung by Laurie Sargent, who was a new wave singer with the band Face to Face, based out of Boston. Face to Face disbanded in 1988, but they leave behind a pretty impressive soundtrack that features a number of their performances. So in the process of doing research for this movie this week, uh, I came across a number of tidbits, bits of information uh, about the movie that didn't fit so neatly into kind of the main narrative of this podcast. And, and I thought I should mention them just because they're interesting. Uh, and if you're a fan of the movie, uh, these may be things that you don't know. Um, but also for people who've never seen Streets of Fire, you may be thinking after listening to this podcast, why on earth would I watch this, this movie, um, given the negative things that I've said about it? Uh, if you're a fan of the 80s, if you're a fan of 80s music, 80s movies, and just want to see something that's cool looking. Uh, I recommend Streets of Fire. If you just go into it not expecting to have some sort of emotional or dramatic experience, uh, it is really, in a lot of ways, a feature-length music video. But it's got style, and it's got a lot of fun energy to it. So I do recommend it uh, for all of the, the negative aspects. There are some positive ones. So I think it's definitely worth considering. Uh, Streets of Fire... I learned was supposed to be part of a trilogy uh, of films that would have Michael Pere as Tom Cody. Of course, as I mentioned, the movie was a box office flop, which ended any plans for a sequel, an official sequel. However, an unofficial sequel called Road to Hell was directed by the late Albert Pune in 2008. Michael Pere and Deborah Van Valkenburg returned to play Cody and Sister. As I said, this was an unofficial sequel, so they couldn't use the actual names from Streets of Fire. Now, I haven't seen Road to Hell, but from watching the trailer, I think it's safe to say that this sequel is a pretty low-budget outing. I don't know if I would actually recommend you seek it out. Uh, another piece of information I thought was uh, inf interesting was that um, Paul McCartney was considering... Uh, starring in Streets of Fire uh, because at the time he was shopping around for a movie that he could play a dramatic role. Uh, he passed on Streets of Fire. He decided to star in his own movie, Give My Regards to Broad Street. Uh, and so because of his uh, stepping out of the project, the musical role uh, was rewritten and changed to uh, the part that Diane Lane wound up playing. I also discovered in my research that Streets of Fire was the inspiration for a couple of video games in the late 80s and early 90s. Final Fight and Streets of Rage apparently were inspired by Streets of Fire. Uh, I've played these games. Uh, my One of my sons who's into video games, especially retro video games, 
uh, has played these. And and while I, I can see some of the similarities in the story, you have to remember that Streets of Fire has a pretty simplistic plot. I mean, it's essentially the plot of of Donkey Kong or Star Wars. You know, the female is captured. Uh, the hero goes to rescue her from the bad guy. Uh, so it's a very basic plot in that respect. So I could see how it could be an inspiration for video games. Uh, Bill Paxton has a small role in this movie. And listeners to the podcast will know that Bill Paxton is definitely one of our favorites. Uh, we devoted an episode uh, remembering Bill and his tremendous career. This was one of his early film roles. What's interesting is that another actor who appeared in Streets of Fire playing one of the police officers in Richmond, uh, is Rick Rosevich. Uh, Paxton and Rosevich acted in four movies in their career, uh, in their careers, uh, The Lords of Discipline, Streets of Fire, Terminator, and Navy Seals. So as I was putting this episode together, uh, I was listening to an interview and a comment was made that I thought was, was really interesting. I was talking about uh, sequels or remakes. Uh, and the person said, why not make remakes of movies that didn't do well the first time around instead of remaking successful movies? And I thought it was an interesting point and it got me thinking about Streets of Fire. I think uh, a remake of Streets of Fire could be extremely interesting if they could kind of hold on to that energy and excitement that comes from the music and fix everything else. I think it could actually be a great rock and roll fable. I also had the thought on Broadway, there seems like they're constantly turning movies into musicals. Uh, some are good, some not so good, but it got me thinking that a Streets of Fire stage musical might work. Um, I don't know, I'd be curious to hear what you all think. Uh, I think it could be kind of cool to see a Streets of Fire stage musical. That's all for Streets of Fire this week. Join us next week for the start of a two-week look at a couple of 80s movies featuring movie icon Tom Cruise. Next week, we'll look at All the Right Moves from 1983, and the following week, we will be doing, for the first time in a long time, a movie commentary for the movie Risky Business, also from 1983. been listening to the midnight movie snack podcast follow us on instagram at the midnight movie snack podcast support the podcast through anchor.fm our podcasting platform or send us a tip at paypal.me slash content arama that is c-o-n-t-e-n-t-a-r-a-m-a content arama paypal.me slash content arama your support helps us keep the podcast going. Until next time, thanks for listening. Angels in the city. I don't see any holy quiet thing. And if I can't get an angel, I can still get a book.